Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Scalzo, Chronicles of the End Times. Thank you for being with me today as we look into the Word of God and talk about the world around us and what is happening and how close are we to the prophecies in the Bible. And some people say, well, you know, you've been talking about the end times forever. Is the Word of God true? Are these prophecies accurate? And the answer to that is, yes, they are accurate. One of the main things, of course, that we always talk about and is brought up many times in different subjects is the mark of the beast, right? And we talk about a cashless society, talk about total control of one man has over the world and over the world banks and all those financial institutions. We need to think a little deeper. The mark of the beast is not just a mark on your forehead or on your right hand. The mark is really something that happens to the heart. And the beast we know is the system. We know it's going to be a person too, but it's the system. To the rise of the Antichrist, given him the foundation which he will stand on. So it's not like he's going to come and convince a lot of people. He will convince some, but the atmosphere will already be ripe. And we see that in our world today. The atmosphere is ripe now. However, God wants to uh, lengthen it. Whatever his timing is, is up to him. But we can see, obviously, that the atmosphere, the building blocks, are there in place today. But like I said, the most important thing is the heart. God wants your heart, and the enemy wants your heart. And so the mark of the beast goes much deeper than a financial mark about buying and selling. That's just symbolic of what the heart has already believed and accepted. So the mark of the beast is really a mark on the heart, the system, the Babylonian system of non-belief in God, of rebellion. And only God knows when that person has accepted it to the point where they're sold out. Their heart is no longer able to be reached. In the book of Daniel, there are many, many prophecies about the end times. We're going to look at one particular one in chapter 8. It says, In the latter times, when rebels have become completely wicked, a stern-faced king, a master of intrigue, will arise. He will become very strong, but not by his own power. He will cause astounding devastation and will succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy the mighty men and the holy people. He will cause deceit to prosper and he will consider himself superior. So the prophecy concerning him calls him completely wicked and a stern-faced king, a master of intrigue, and he will be the lie. So the lie is a concept right now, but he will become the lie in the flesh. So as we look around us, what does Jesus tell us about the day in which we live? What should our mindset be? Let's check out Luke chapter 21. He starts in verse 34 by saying, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with drunkenness and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap, for it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch, and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. He's making it clear that we are to be on the watch. We can't take a vacation from God. We can't stop reading the Word of God. 
We need to be in contact with the Holy Spirit. We need to stay so we'll be ready, so we can escape this terrible destruction. And we can apply that to today. We have to guard our hearts and our minds and our tongues. We can't do it in our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit to do that for us, to help us through it. Because deception is all around us. Paul says he's fighting against the flesh all the time. When Paul was confronted by demons, if he was led of the Lord, he would cast them out. That was not an issue with him. But the issue was the flesh, his own desires that are embedded in this flesh. He said it's a battle that continues constantly is the word he used. In James chapter 1, it says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. That scripture just underlines that not everything can be blamed on the devil. That's the easy way out. We must confront our flesh, ourselves, and know that we must guard our hearts and minds and guard our tongues. So what we say and what we do, we must be aware, Jesus said, or we could get into things we shouldn't be into. And when he comes, it'll close in on us like a trap. Out of all the things we talk about, in Chronicles of the End Times, and many people talk about, and many books have been written about the signs of the times. We could talk about Israel becoming a nation. We could talk about the rise of Russia and China and the kings of the East, the worldwide economy, and the coming of the cashless society. Earthquakes, which are getting worse, and volcanoes are exploding all over the earth. The earth is moaning and groaning. We call that global warming but the Bible says it's the signs of the times. God foresaw all this, and he told us it would happen. We can label it different things, but God's already told us this is what's going to transpire in the last days. And we see rebellion everywhere, a rebellion against God. It's always been there, but now it's really flowering. Now it's really growing exponentially across the world. But among these signs, one really sticks out. We're going to look at Romans chapter 1. It says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godliness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images to look like mortal men and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the created things, rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. 
There's an awful lot in those verses. But for today, we're going to concentrate on believing the lie, because that's where it starts. When the Word of God is dismissed, it's a crapshoot. There's nothing but hunches and feelings, and I think this, and I believe that. They all mean nothing. In today's world, we say that this is my truth. I don't know how that makes it any different, but that's what we do. We say, well, but this is my truth. But once you deny the truth, your hearts become darkened, and that's dangerous. When you exchange the truth of God for a lie, you have opened the door to everything demonic, to everything unclean, to come pouring through. Sometimes when we talk about evil spirits and the kingdom of darkness and demons, uh, people think that, well, you know, really, you're going over the top. Isn't that a little overdramatic trying to make your point? Paul addresses it in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Let's read it together. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. The deception is real. The Bible's filled with warnings. The warnings to those who love the Lord, not only to the unsaved, but mostly to those who have committed their lives to Christ. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, he said, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. That's in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 17. The theme is the same. It's the flesh. Yes, the devil is the lie and the creator of deception. But when we are ripe for it, and this world is ripe for the rise of the Antichrist, they're ripe for the mark of the beast because many of them have already taken it on their hearts. Because the preparation has been made. The spirit of this world has intoxicated us. And we are already fighting the flesh in the natural. But if we don't guard our minds and tongues and our hearts, then we're going to be in trouble in this pull of the world. And we're going to give into it if we're not careful. And this is a warning to the church. This is a warning to believers not to the world. The world doesn't know any different. The world needs to hear the gospel. They need to repent of their sins. So these warnings aren't for the world. Once we harden our hearts, the word can't get in. We need to be careful. We need to guard our hearts and minds, not only for our sakes, but for all those who are around us who need to hear the word of God. The church's main function is to give people the opportunity to repent, to give people the opportunity to sense the Holy Spirit and allow God to speak to them. Because we can only say so much. The Holy Spirit has to do the rest. We must give the Holy Spirit opportunity in our services to speak to people. 
It's got to be done deep in the heart, and only God can do those things. Why do I focus so much on this on my podcast? Because it's so important. It's the warning. It's all around us. We're drowning in it. We need to understand how to cope with it. We need to understand how we can not only cope with it, but be successful with living in a spiritual Babylon, as Daniel was successful. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were successful. They stood up for their faith. And because of that, even Nebuchadnezzar, who a murderer, a terrible evil person, ended up yielding to God. Why? Because they stood their ground. And God was able to use them in an amazing way. And if we stand our ground and we live like Jesus lived, Jesus was with the sinners. He was with the worst of the worst, according to the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they were amazed by it. They were appalled by it. But you know what? Jesus, he didn't become part of those that were around him. He was the light. Jesus didn't change and say, well, you know, I better change the way I talk. I better change the way I do things. And you know, so I can relate to these people. He never did that. He hung around them. He talked with them. They were drawn to his presence, and they either loved him or they hated him. So-called religious people hated him, but the world around him, they were drawn to him, not because he changed the way he talked to them, not because he dumbed it down, because he was among the sinners and he wanted to relate to them. No, he was Jesus. And that's what we need to be. We need to learn how to communicate the gospel in love, walking around in this world, this dark, perverted world, not compromising who we are. Jesus never compromised who he was. He was able to walk among the world in the deepest, darkest places and be Jesus. And that is what the Holy Spirit can help you and I do. It's not an easy task, but we can do it. And that's how we're going to reach the lost. It's the only way we're going to reach them. We're not going to reach them by being part of them. We're going to reach them by being different, but different in a godly way. This is Russ Galsel for Chronicles of the End Times. Thank you so much for listening. I pray that God will just bless you. I pray he uses his word to encourage you today because he is moving. He is healing and he is saving. God bless. Keep looking up. The King is coming.